Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. Here we are in season seven, cannot believe it, the start of a brand new year. And what used to be Sanctity of Life Day is now Sanctity of Life Month. So I am so deeply honored to bring two very special guests today. And I'm going to introduce them in just a moment. But it has been my joy for a couple of years now to work with an organization locally that empowers and equips women to make life-affirming choices right here in my own community. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I've had the joy of having Abby, Abby Johnson here on the podcast, Kelly Nestor, um, and, and serving and empowering women in the pro-life space has been something that I've been passionate about since I was actually a teenager. And here I am many years later, we won't give away my age, just a few years past um, those early years that I was already speaking out and advocating for the value of life. I've spoken on this topic, preached on this topic at River of Life, our home church, and it's important. It's, it's, it's very close to the heart of God. And, uh, and so it has been my joy to work with Imagine Life. I serve as the chair of the board here locally, and I've had the joy to work with Christian Johnson, who is the CEO of Imagine Life Ministries. And he has shared with me a couple of times privately and as well as a little bit publicly, believe it or not, although he has such a powerful story, he's a little reticent. He doesn't like to speak publicly. So this is kind of a rare treat today to have Christian here. And he's shared a little bit about his story with his mom, Noree Bobier. And so they are both here today. And he and I were talking uh, just a few minutes ago. We can give you a million statistics. We could talk about the overturn of Roe v. Wade and the challenges that are still occurring on the pro-life front and the opportunities that we have to still empower both men and women to make life-affirming choices. But I don't know any better way to really convey the heart of this topic that is so close to the heart of God and so close to my heart than for you to hear someone's personal story. So uh, I know the topic of abortion and life can be tender for many. Perhaps you're listening and you yourself have walked through the trauma of abortion, or maybe you're in a, a situation right now where you're struggling with a decision, an unplanned pregnancy. Maybe you know someone who is, or maybe you just, like me, are passionate about seeing women choose life and you just aren't sure really even the conversations that need to be had. Early on in this uh, year, I wanted to talk about how to have courageous conversations without them being contentious. And there is a big difference. Sometimes it's difficult to not have conversations become contentious, but can we have courageous conversations, especially this year in an election year? uh, And you've heard from Bobby Albert this month, Um, In a year where pro-life is going to be on the ballot, it's still going to be very much in the forefront of people's minds. So I want to just uh, stop talking so that you can hear from who I really want you to hear from, which is Christian and Noree. And uh, welcome both of you actually to the podcast. But Christian, I'm going to turn to you first and ask you to just share a little bit about, first of all, maybe even just sanctity of life. Why? Uh, we've kind of frame out this month that way 
and uh, the work that you do at Imagine Life, and then introduce us to your mom so that we can hear her heart today. Sure. Good morning. Um, first of all, thank you, Angela, for having us, and um, thank you also for your leadership as our as our board chair. Um, your spiritual wisdom and discernment, you know, that you lend um, to our ministry is invaluable. So thank you for that. You know, so sanctity of human life, that's something that typically comes to mind. Um, and the focus tends to be primarily on life in the womb, you know, but something that I've come to realize over the last couple of years as evangelicals, I think we understand that sanctity of human life is far more than just that. That's where life starts, but it's literally from, you know, cradle to grave. And I believe as, as followers of Jesus, we should have a heart and a passion for life, whether it's life in the womb, whether it's foster care, whether it's, um, the immigrant, regardless mm-hmm. of their status, legal status, whether it's the um, ex-con that's trying to assimilate back into society, elder care. So it's just this spectrum. It's this continuum. And I believe as, as, um, Christians, we should all, be involved somewhere on that spectrum. Um, for me, it happens to be uh, life in the womb. Um, that's my passion. And working in the pro-life movement, leading a pregnancy center, it's a little unusual to see a man uh, leading a pregnancy center. Sometimes I get some you know, peculiar looks, and uh, but I get to share my story. And because if it wasn't for um, my mother, Nori that you see there on the screen and her uncommon courage and a pregnancy help ministry, much like the one that I'm in now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't exist. I wouldn't be here. Um, I was conceived in rape on a college campus way back in, I guess I will date myself, 1969. And um, again, if it weren't for her courage and a pregnancy help ministry, I wouldn't be here. And I like showing a picture of my kids too. Uh, we talk a lot in our ministry about the ripple effects of the choices that we make and my kids wouldn't exist um, mm-hmm. if it weren't for the choice that she made um, for life. So I, I um, she placed me for adoption and I was adopted by a missionary family um, that was serving down in Honduras. My father was a, a bush pilot and that was another ripple effect of the choice mm-hmm. that she made for life because my adoptive family got to have a son and have a brother and and then, like I said, uh, my family, you know, today would not exist. Um, <clears throat> I went to Liberty University um, where I got my my degree and I met my wife and uh, went active duty in the Army after that um, and retired back in 2017. And that's how I ended up working in the in the pregnancy um, help ministry that I'm that I'm at now. Well, I, I, I never tire of hearing, um, the way God has orchestrated your life, Christian. And I wrote that phrase down, uncommon courage. I've heard you say that before, because that's what it requires at times to choose life. And, um, especially in situations that are, uh, difficult, that are not what we expected. And, you know, when I was praying earlier before we started this, um, conversation, you know, God can redeem and restore anything. He wastes nothing that we go through. And as you just shared, Christian, the ripple effect of our choices, we never make choices in a vacuum. There's always effects of choices. It affects other people, your children that I happen to know, 
the work that you do. And so um, I, I now I get to meet the woman behind <laughs> it all, which I've heard Hero. about, but have really never met. And so Nori, welcome. <clears throat> what a treasure. You were just delightful from the moment that you popped into my Zoom screen today. So Thank we've you. heard Christian's side of things, but I want to just... Tell us a little bit about yourself and then walk us through your story and and how you were able to make the choices that you did and demonstrate the uncommon courage that so many of us, no matter what our choices are, we need today. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Um, I was working with a student ministry um, crew, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, I accepted an invitation from one of the college students um, to go to their um, Friday evening meetings, um, except that's not quite where he took me. Um, and it just I didn't say anything, um, probably because it was bringing up some childhood memories that I had locked very carefully in Pandora's box and buried 20 miles underneath ground in the Nevada desert. Mm. Um, But in time discovered that I was pregnant and took a while uh, to balance God loves me and understanding and accepting the circumstances that I was currently in. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that it didn't happen. But I can say that I don't remember having a conversation with anyone about what I would like in terms of um, what decisions I needed to make. But um, I can see God's hand in all of it in that I went to, was it or taken to a um, counseling ministry um unexpected pregnancy and walked into the the room and felt a tremendous sense of relief because the individual who was behind that door was someone that I had previously met through Campus Crusade um and he ended up becoming my case manager um himself a christian himself also from Canada, which kind of tickled me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he took a, a very special interest in me and we sat and we talked and I knew God had a purpose for this child's life. And I just felt a strong um desire to make sure that he had the best life he could it for me I could never understand I could accept that this is how someone else felt but I could never myself understand how someone can look at a baby that they're carrying whose conception was not preferred um and and reject that child because of how they were conceived that was still my child still i was carrying that child and loved that child and wanted to be sure that he had the very best life 
Um, the caseworker was, I think, ahead of his time, um, took me to visit the foster family that was taking care of, of Chris. Um, and I sat and I held him and just wanted to absorb every ounce of his being into my being that mm-hmm. I knew that that was going to have to carry me because I would miss him. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I knew that releasing him, relinquishing him for adoption was what was best for him at the time and mm-hmm. best for me. Um, I wasn't in a position at that point where I could give him the life I wanted him to have. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the caseworker was also very gracious in providing me with his name. I knew his name. I knew his parents' name. I knew where they lived. I knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I knew God knew, it was a comfort to me to be able to pray for him all these years by name. Mm. Um, and I just look back and feel that God so loved he gave. Or my, I ended up at one point going back and reaching out to that case manager because we had stayed in touch over the years and letting him know that this angel child of mine and I had um, connected and I reached out to my crew director and let her know. And both of them were very excited for me and, and supportive. Mm. Um, And my director had said, God so loved, he gave you so loved you gave Mm. God. So loved he restored. Mm. And she said, use it because Mm -hmm. that explains everything you know and i one of the things i had had did done for my children um was to create a a family history photo album and i was working on that and I, i went through a box of photos and the photos of chris and i were in it and i would every now and then come across them and i would cry an ocean of tears and pray. And the very next day, Chris called. Oh, wow. And um, I knew he was going to call just in his search for me. uh, His first contact with a member of my family was a cousin of mine who himself had been adopted and my favorite. I knew the one wasn't supposed to have favorites, but (laughs) my favorite. Uh, cousin on my dad's side of the family. Um, and so he, and he reached out. And um, so I knew, I didn't recognize the voice, but I knew that the voice at the other end of the phone mm-hmm. was this baby that mm-hmm. I had loved and prayed for all these years. And one of the first questions Chris asked was what would you like my children to call you? Oh, And that just absolutely melted my heart because to me that communicated relationship. It communicated, well, I'd like to know where my blue eyes came from or what my medical history is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it communicated relationship. 
And the Lord has really developed a wonderful connection. Um, and then one of the other very special treats for me is um, Chris's mom, Mary Ellen, and I, over the years before she passed away, created or had a very meaningful, deep friendship, mm. which was is very special. Mm. Wow. Story. Wow. You know, <laughs> We're going. And, and it, well, at, at one time, I, um, <clears throat> when I was with Paul and Mary Ellen and Chris's um, sister Valerie and her family, and at one point Mary Ellen took Chris's hand and put it in my hand hmm. and looked at the both of us and said, you can't have too many people who love you. Wow. Um, and it was just, I think, her way of communicating to Chris and communicating to me that the relationship we had, she was okay with it. Wow. And mm. when I told each of my two children, um, Finn and Dave, that they each um, have reached out in their special way. David wrote a poem to to Chris, welcoming him into the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they have have willingly looked up to him as an older brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's been a treasure for me to to watch that happen. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, it's it's just there's a million things I want to say, could say. My mind is flooded, Kristen. Before I say anything, what I can see the emotion in your face. I know you. So what do you feel hearing this again and hearing hmm. from her heart? Not only the uncommon courage to choose life, but then to choose to, to give you to a family that would love you. I mean, Marie, you, you demonstrated courage upon courage upon courage. And um, I want to come back and ask you a couple of questions, but Christian, what are your just thoughts and feelings right now? I mean, every time I tell the story, I get choked up (laughs) Um, (laughs) because adoptions in California were closed. And so I, like I had known my entire life that I was adopted, but I didn't know anything, you know, beyond um, my, my recollection was that all we knew was that she was, she got pregnant out of wedlock, didn't, didn't know about the, the rape, um, that her family was from California and that her father, my grandfather was tall. <laughs> that was literally it. Wow. And just, I mean, Long story short, um, my early twenties, I was flipping through, um, the TV channels and, and stumbled across an episode where Oprah Winfrey, uh, had, was reuniting, um, mothers and, and their biological, you know, children. Obviously that, you know, got my interest and, and it just kind of planted a little seed. And then fast forward several years, um, in my late twenties, um, it came back to mind and I kind of got motivated to, to, you know, try to find her. 
to say thank you, because I'm sure, you know, any mother who places their child uh, for adoption wonders, you know, whatever happened, that everything turned out okay. And so I, I just wanted to say thank you and let her know. And I remember reaching out to, you know, to my parents and, and, you know, telling them what I had in mind and they were fully supportive. And, um, this was back before the Google days. So the search engine at the time was Yahoo. And literally from the time I started searching till the time I was talking to her on the phone was about two weeks. Wow. And so it's, and there's a lot of detail in between, um, you know, but it was, it was a lot of fun, you know, talking to that cousin of hers in, in California, um, you know, in a couple minutes into the conversation, you know, because, you know, I, some str- random stranger calls up, hey, I'm looking for relatives of, you know, sure. Michael and, and Eleanor Noble, that was her maiden name. And, um, and a couple minutes into the conversation he's like, okay, so who are you? <laughs> I'm thinking, uh Oh, you know, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to create any rip, you know, problems and, um, you know, open up potentially any old wounds and, but you know, the honesty is the best policy. And so I told him and, and ironically he was the, he was the only extended family member that knew about me. And really? like she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like she said, he was adopted too, and we hit it off and he didn't have her number, but he had her sister's um, contact information. So he gave that to me. I called up her sister. Um, and immediately she's like, okay, who are you asking about my sister, you know, and mm-hmm. called and got her permission, you know, first. And, um, you know, within minutes we were talking on the phone and, and, you know, then that subsequent mother's day, we were living in Richmond at the time. And that's that subsequent uh, mother's day, um, Nori came out to, to visit us for the first time. And we met for the first time in Richmond and she got to meet my, my two little ones. And, um, you know, it's been a, our, our kids, my kids, you know, loved it because they had three grandmothers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a nice little, nice little perk. Um, and, yeah. and Nori had a, had a unique way of, of connecting with them. Uh, truth be told, I think she was their favorite, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like you said, Nori, that, that, that crew leader that said you can't have, or maybe it was, it was, might've been your mom who said. It was Mary Ellen. Yeah. It was Mary Ellen who said, you cannot have too many people that love you. That's, that's just such a powerful statement. And I know every single person's experience is different. Like you said, Christian, it was a closed adoption, but you were able to find your mom and, and, and there are painful parts of so many stories, you know, no matter who we are, but to see this, this thread of God's redemption, I can't help but think about um, the story. I wrote about it in one of my earlier books, um, the story of what I called the women who delivered a deliverer. And that was the women who played a role in the life of Moses. I sat out to write that, that chapter about his mother, Jochebed, And then I realized, well, how do you write the story without the two midwives who chose life? And then how do you write the story without Pharaoh's daughter who Mm -hmm. drew him out of the water? And then Hebrews said that she had to give him up. And so did you realize that in that story, yeah, we don't know Pharaoh's name. Mm -hmm. We don't know Pharaoh's daughter's name, Mm -hmm. but we know the names of those two midwives that interviewed. Isn't that interesting how God very interesting? Yeah. And it it struck me reading that story and even, and I've shared that as a message a few times and it's it's always compelling for me to think about both he had both a real birth mother 
and an adoptive mother who both loved him and both had to give him up. Mm -hmm. And, and yet their combined influence shaped who he was. And uh, that I just couldn't help but think of that, Nari, when you were sharing your story and the uncommon courage it took for all of the women in that story and anyone who makes decisions that are unselfish, that are difficult. Nori, I want to go back to something you said earlier, because I imagine it's where the mind of a lot of our listeners went. You said there was a moment you were reconciling the notion and the, and the, and the belief that God loved you with the reality of your circumstances. And that is the tension that so many of us hold when we face anything in life that we didn't expect, that we didn't anticipate, that we didn't plan, that we maybe didn't want. And yet, how do we simultaneously trust that God loves us, has a plan for us, and with whatever this situation is that we're holding, what did that look like for you to hold on to the belief that God loved you and he was who he said he was? His promises, his statements of fact um, are truer than anything I feel, mm. anything I anything I experience. And I chose to focus on this is something that he has for me to do. It mm. is for me to give this child life. Wow. And I camped out in the book of James and took a lot of um, comfort and support from the writings of Paul. And so the name I gave him was James Paul. Mm. And um, I chose to count it all joy mm. that we're not necessarily or we're not asked to be grateful for, but be grateful in. Yes. And to give, to be joyful in spite of mm. that our joy, our joy comes from our relationship with Christ, not from our circumstances. Wow. It's so powerful. It sounds like it even deepened your walk with the Lord, because when we go through things that we didn't encounter or we didn't expect, we encounter unexpected adversity of any kind. That's our choice really is, is this going to pull me away from God? Am I going to now uh, doubt his character. Maybe he isn't as good as he said he was. Maybe he's not as true. Maybe he's not trustworthy. Or is it going to move us toward him? And in your case, you chose to to allow him to have full reign in your life. He chose you. He chose yep. you for this. He did. And I just said, you know, this is your opportunity to prove yourself faithful. Mm. And he came through with flying colors. And I'm just, I mean, even thinking back um, when Chris and I were first talking and he was sharing about how he had reached out to the adoption agency from that I had worked with. And even that woman X years later, you know, she ended up, you know, because it was a closed adoption, 
there really wasn't any information she could give, but she really felt when I talked with her later that this was something that she knew she needed to do. And so she played, um, I can't confirm or deny questions <laughs> with him so that he could, yeah. he could come up with a name and then begin to search. Wow. Um, and it just, you know, God is, was just weaving it all yeah. together. That's that, that's again, back to the story that I'm thinking of in Exodus. It reminds me when Miriam is literally standing on the banks of the river and she sees <laughs> Pharaoh's daughter, draw her, him out of the water. And he's, he, she speaks up this little eight or nine year old girl and says, do you want me to get the, his mom for you to nurse the baby? And, <laughs> And so God's attention to detail, I was even thinking to re sadly, because crew is a wonderful organization and it could have happened in any, any situation, but the, the pain you went through was caused by someone who was involved. You were on the way to a crew event. And then when you go to this center, you're meeting with someone who you also knew from crew. So even God's attentive to detail to restore yeah. some things. I mean, it's, you can't negate, you can't even, you couldn't weave all of it together. If we tried the goodness of God, he doesn't, he doesn't want us to suffer and have pain, but he will use it for his glory and he will use it for his good. If we will allow him to, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I that is so true. And mm -hmm. You know, and it's not necessarily always a straight line from yeah. A to B. You know, sometimes it can take some unexpected detours. Yeah. Um, but those are okay because those are also growth producing. That's good. That's so good. Christian, from your perspective, having been given the gift of life, what encouragement do you have for anyone listening who maybe is in their own valley of decision? Maybe they're not even sure what they think about this whole topic, or maybe they've just kind of bought into the culture's ideology, and maybe they're pausing for a moment today to rethink their own opinions and thoughts. What encouragement would you have for anyone listening to see the, just the gift that you were given, what encouragement would you have for those that are listening that maybe are walking through their own journey today? Hmm. I would say that God doesn't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, I was an image bearer, regardless of how I was conceived. And, you know, the beauty of the gospel, you know, like, like Nori said earlier, God restores everything. And, you know, I, I look back on, on my life and I, and I realize that, I mean, it's clear as day to me that, that God had a purpose for me mm -hmm. and, you know, he spared me from what many, even in the Christian community would say should have been an abortion. Um, and I'm thankful that, that he intervened mm -hmm. uh, in Nori's heart and mind and attitude and perception, you know, of this pregnancy, you know, that, that what the culture said would have been okay. You know, that she recognized the truth and, and didn't give into what the culture 
um, you know, was pushing. And, you know, I, I also um, had a cancer battle several years ago and, you know, the Lord had mercy on me and spared me from that too. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's kind of neat to look back on, I feel like I, I, I cheated death. That uh, kind of trivializes it a little bit, but I was spared from death twice. Yes. And for a purpose. Yes. Um, and everybody in life at some point is going to have a tombstone. And there's three characters on that tombstone. The day you're born, the day you passed, and then there's that little dash right in the middle. And the question is, is what are we doing with that dash? Mm-hmm. Are we living it for ourselves? Are we, you know, pursuing again what the culture says, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? And, the, and those are good things, but those are man-made constructs. Those are um, empire-focused in many ways, rather than kingdom-focused. And I'm just thankful that that, that the Lord had mercy um, on me and gave me his grace um, to be able to do what I consider kingdom work now, you know, rather than, you know, pursuing money or stuff um, that I get to impact, you know, other people's lives. And I, and I really think that that's what, that's what life is all about. It's about relationship. It's yeah. about the vertical one that we have with God. And it's about the horizontal one, um, the people that God brings into our lives and regardless, I mean, we, you know, we've all been in circumstances where we've been discouraged, depressed, um, dealing with anxiety over something. And the one thing that I've learned just over the years is knowing where to turn when I find myself in those kinds of um, circumstances. Yeah. And, and it's the only place where we find hope. And that's from a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I guess that would be my my encouragement to somebody is regardless of the circumstances that you you find yourself in, you know, if you're if you're feeling wounded and hurt or desperate or um, nowhere to turn. Mm. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's the Lord that loves us. And is going to provide us a way out of it one way or the other mm-hmm. may not be how we want it. And in the time that we want, um, but he will be there to walk through whatever it is with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, you know, Nori talked about his promises yeah. and that, that's one of the things he promises. He doesn't promise us, you know, a life free of difficulty and challenges and pain and, you know, all those things, but he does promise to be there with yeah. us through yes. it. So, so good. So good. So, so true. Nori, I'm going to give you the last word. Any last thoughts that you have here? Any encouragement you want to share with those that are listening? I would just encourage those individuals who are listening to to, to realize that you can't go around. Mm-hmm. You can't go under. You can't go over. You must go through mm-hmm. whatever the Lord puts on your plate, but there is nothing that he is not big enough, 
there's nothing he doesn't care enough about in regards to you that he can't give you the strength can't give you the courage can't give you the peace of heart as you walk with him to carry you Mm -hmm. through whatever the circumstances are Mm -hmm. he is faithful wow wow thank you thank you both wow one of the most encouraging interviews I've had, and I've done a lot in my life, just to hear both of you and to just to think about the faithfulness of God in both of your stories. This, we could be having a very different conversation. We could be having no conversation at all. And both of you chose to look, Christian, you used the word perception at one point, And when you were just talking so much is not what happens to us in life, but it's what we choose to believe about what happened. What are we going to believe about God? What are we going to believe about ourselves? Like you said, we're an image bearer from the womb to the tomb. We bear the Mm -hmm. image of Christ. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy spirit in the womb. You know, Ephesians says we're created in Christ Jesus to do the works in advance that he planned for us to do. And Nori, this was one of the works in advance that he planned for you to do. And every woman and man that walked to the doors of imagine life, every person who sits in, at a gala or an event and hears anything um, and uh, uh, that Christian shares is, is fruit from the decisions and the choices that you've made. Yeah. And, and yeah. so when we really won't know until eternity, the full ramifications of a choice that you made as a young college student that are reaping eternal dividends. And and that's the encouragement I want to leave our listeners with. I don't know what you're going through today. You're starting a brand new year. We're not even out of the month of January. You may have no idea how you're going to go through something that you're facing, but I pray that you even go back and listen again to this conversation, this faith building conversation, this encouragement that we've received from both Christian and Nuri today, that there is nothing we're going to walk through that he is not going to give us the grace to do it, not just to bear up, but to do it with, with joy, to count it all joy, mm-hmm. as Nuri said, to actually walk through this life with joy and to receive, as Mary said, let it be unto me as you have said. This is what you have said for me. And so I'm going to receive it and I'm going to ask for the grace to do and be what all that God has called me and asked me to be. So I'm incredibly grateful for both of you. Christian, I want people to know how they can connect with Imagine Life. I know it's a local organization, but it has uh, opportunities nationally for people to be a part of it. Maybe also encourage them how they could connect with their own pro-life center in their own area. Absolutely. Um, Our uh, website is imaginelife.org. And Imagine is spelled a little bit differently. It's I am gnlife.org. And basically the the IMGN comes from um, the burden that we have for the next generation of image bearers. And so we took the first syllable of imago or image bearer and the first syllable of generation and kind of mushed them together. And so that was the genesis of the um, imaginelife.org. And so that's, and I would encourage you to, to look around. It's not too hard to search for pregnancy centers um, in your area. And there's a variety of ways that that folks can get involved. I mean, 
most pregnancy centers that I know of are are 100% supported by um, individual and church and business donations. Um, and so financial needs are always uh, a need. Just because Roe versus Wade got overturned doesn't mean that the fight is still over. Um, right. In our state, you know, we're st- we're still, uh, unfortunately, in Virginia, allows abortion all the way up until birth. And so we still got a lot of work to do um, um, in most locations around the country. And there's lots of opportunities to volunteer as well at at pregnancy centers. Uh, Many pregnancy centers have fatherhood, you know, programs. And so there's, there's opportunities for men to get involved and and help empower not just her mom, but also the dad uh, life affirming choice. So, so good. So good. And I'll put that in my show notes, imaginelife.org. I was a part of that brainstorming to come up with that name. And I I just love, I love all that it represents because we all are image bearers. None of us are the same. No two people are, are the same. We're all unique. And, and no matter what you may have been told or believed, you are not a mistake. You are here on purpose with a purpose. God loves you. And uh, just as he said to Esther through Mordecai, perhaps you've come to royal position for such a time as this. Nori, I thought of Esther with you, a woman who had uncommon courage and and saw an entire nation delivered because of her courage to stand up and to do the right thing, even when it was difficult. And so I thank you for your courage, for your example, for your um, perseverance to serve God um, and, and the example that you give us. Christian, you know, I think the world of you and appreciate your leadership at Imagine Life and the way that you um, not only just encourage our community to make life affirming choices, but um, that you uh, continue to just let your story be uh, a, a pathway for so many to, to know that God is faithful and he'll use everything for his glory. So thank mm-hmm. you both. I'm going to close this in prayer and pray for our listeners today. And, and uh, I'm also going to put a couple of more links in my show notes to make sure that you all have resources that you need. This year, we want to have courageous, not contentious conversations. And I pray that this has been an example of how we can do that very thing. So let me pray. Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, I just thank you both for Christian and Marie. And I thank you, Lord, for just the way that you use our stories. Um, I thank you for anyone who's listening, who's just not sure what to do with where they are in their life, with maybe a situation they're struggling to count all joy, um, struggling to get your heart and your perception. Lord, I pray that that this year we would seek your heart above all things and uh, to, to, to apply the truth of your word that Noree so beautifully reminded us of today uh, to everything we walk through. So I pray for anyone who's listening. I pray for the woman who's listening, the man who's listening, um, the mom who's listening to just to trust you with our lives and with the circumstances um, that are sometimes painful and to know that you are going to use all things for your glory and all things for our good. And we thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at AngelaDenadio.com, Facebook at AngelaDenadioVOV, and Instagram at AngelaDenadio. Until next week, let's make life matter.